Hour number three. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. We are here. Enjoying the day. Packers get back on the practice field tomorrow. Light workouts on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as Matt LaFleur put it. But they're going to be outside getting ready for the weather. Uh, not going to be, uh, you know, terribly cold the next uh, the next few days. In Green Bay, it'll be a little bit cooler. But uh, I think we're over, like today here in, in the area here where I'm at, and that's more Milwaukee and just west thereof, uh, I think it's in the low 30s today. It's been steadily climbing. I'm sitting here, I'm looking out the window. It's 28 right now and still going up. But I think it's supposed to be low 30s today, but not a terribly cold weekend. I think uh, even the snow that we were supposed to get, that was supposed to be the storm or whatever, I think now they're predicting this thing's going to miss us almost entirely. I think it's going to get probably clip the western portion of the state as it goes more north to south than it does uh, west to east. I don't think we're going to get much. I think it's supposed to be relatively dry in the area here anyway over the next week or so. So I don't even know what the weather's going to be like in Green Bay. And and we'll say, you know, 12, 13 days. Meanwhile, you've got, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur at the podium yesterday talking about the plan for the outside linebacker and the return of Zadarius Smith. We'll see how he comes in on Wednesday, and if we can get him back out on the practice field, then we'll let him go. But I think, you know, I want to temper the expectations. Here's a guy that hasn't practiced since really before the New Orleans game. So we'll get him back out there and see how he looks, see what type of shape he's in, and, you know, if he progresses and, you know, checks all the boxes, then he'll be back out on the field. David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers, the update as to how those guys are doing after the game on Sunday. Yeah, I thought David did an outstanding job. You know, he he looked great. He moved well. Certainly, I think there's no substitute for football shape, and that takes time. But I thought he handled himself very well. You know, I would say David probably looked a little further along than Josh, but we're confident that Josh will get there. I think he's another guy that just he's got to get back into football shape. Um, which is true. I mean, you know, it's some days not only working out on the field, but then, you know, whatever conditioning you can possibly do just to get your wind about you, especially in colder weather. It's hard to get, uh, you know, it's hard to have that stamina because your body's also fighting the cold. Uh, Then he talks about really what you and I have been discussing the last 24 hours, and that is the problems defensively speaking. The thing that's encouraging is I believe that all the mistakes are very correctable. We just had guys going outside their job responsibilities many different times throughout the course of the game and doing things that ultimately get you beat. And that's exactly what happened. Which is true. It's when guys do what they're not supposed when you're always looking out for somebody else, you're not doing your own job. And that's part of the practice or part of the problem. And I hope I say this almost sounding like Mike McCarthy, so pardon me. I hope they look at the film and clean it up. I hope they start to point it out, take that little laser pointer, and, uh, you know, here you go, and you circle it. Guys, look. There you go. You're out of position. You're out of position. You're out of position. You, who are you supposed to have? Why, why didn't you do You know, that type of thing. And guys look at each other and go, okay, we, we got to do our own job. Uh, then the next question goes back to Zedarius. Will Zedarius, if he comes in on Wednesday and everything's good, and we, we know he's been cleared to practice. Will he be practicing this week? 
Yeah, I believe that that is what we anticipate um, him being out there. But I just want to be slow to speak and make sure that he's here on Wednesday and that uh, everything checks out before I commit to that. Uh, which I don't blame him. Look, you don't want to say, yeah, he's going to be back on the practice field. And then, you know, you come back and he still doesn't have the same flexibility or mobility or whatever. And there's something alien. All of a sudden you look like a liar. So he's expecting it, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, then you got Lucas Patrick. So where does Lucas Patrick fit in on this offensive line as you start to now head towards the postseason? Because you got, you know, the return of David Bakhtiari. Josh Myers is back at center, most likely. You've got Runyon at guard. You know, you're hoping maybe to get Billy Turner back. So how does this thing shake out for Lucas Patrick? He's a big-time key piece for us. Just his ability to be flexible at any of those inside three positions, left guard, center, right guard. He is a guy that brings a certain level of energy and just aggressiveness to our offensive line. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about what Lucas Patrick's going to bring to the table. You know what you're going to get with Lucas. He's going to go out there and compete to the best of his ability on every snap. He never takes a playoff. He is everything that we want from a player within this organization, within our team. And he just brings just so much juice to our offense. Um, now we move on because this week is going to be a busy week. We know that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be knocking on the door of Nathaniel Hackett. That's for sure. We also now hear that the Denver Broncos are knocking on the door of Nathaniel Hackett. Does he expect even more teams possibly to show an interest in his offensive coordinator? Yeah, I would anticipate more interest in Nathaniel if teams are doing their homework. I think he's definitely deserving of at least being in the conversation with everybody and getting an opportunity to present what he's all about to all these teams. So I think I know if I was leading the search, he would be high on my list. So, uh, By the way, the Bears are knocking on the door regarding Nathaniel Hackett apparently as well. So would Matt LaFleur, with the success that the team has, and as teams start to look over the fence and say, okay, look, it's three years of 13 wins. There's something going on there that's good in the water in Green Bay. We want some of that. Would he be surprised, you know, or wouldn't he be surprised if more and more staff members started to get phone calls? That's what happens when you win. And we've won a lot of games around here. And we've got good people here that come to work each and every day with no agendas other than trying to provide as much coaching and support for the guys in their room. And they do a great job of that. And I'll tell you what, I know that we wouldn't be where we are without every member of our staff. So the one thing that's been going on for a long time now, we've talked about this. You've got continuity on the offensive line. Here comes David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers. You could get Zedarius back, and it changes up how things are maybe coached. Uh, Jair is coming back, and you've got guys that are going to be kind of switching positions. There's something to be said for continuity. And for the guys coming back, how do they get integrated into what's been going on, and how quickly can you expect guys to begin to work really well with the guys next to them? Obviously, we want to get our best players out there, but ultimately, they got to know what to do. They got to bring great energy and effort on every play. We got to get these guys back into football shape. So that's what we're really going to focus on, I would say, over the course of the next two weeks is, again, trying to get the right 11 on the field and, and making sure that we get every ounce of energy on, on every snap. So last year, Packers obviously had the same situation uh, where they had the first round by. They took a week. They got ready. 
you know, they obviously went to an NFC Championship game. So with a similar situation as last year, preparing for the postseason, so is the preparation, is this week, is there anything they're tweaking, is there anything different, is everything the same? How are they going about this week? We were pretty happy with how we did it a year ago. We were very efficient with our time, with our players, with our coaching staff. You know, we're not going to cut any corners. We're going to make sure we do a great job first and foremost with our self-scout and then probably take a glimpse at some of these teams that we are less familiar with and, you know, take a look at the four potential teams that we could face here in two weeks. Then uh, the plan. So so now we know they're going to get on the practice field. They'll be back at it again tomorrow. So what is the exact plan for this week? We'll get our three good days of practice in, and they're not going to be long practices, but we're going to get back outside, you know, getting some of these other guys kind of back in the fold. Just want to make sure our guys stay sharp mentally and then get as much conditioning in as we can while also getting the rehab or whatever it may be to get everybody back to as full strength as you could possibly be. So moving all these guys around and getting Josh Myers and Bakhtiari back, possibly Billy Turner back moving and, and you already have your kind of roster set is Lucas Patrick is is he going to be a playoff starter or or what we've got some tough decisions to make right now and these are good problems to have certainly the more depth you have it gives you a, a lot of flexibility in, in regards to what where you want to go with that but I would certainly see Lucas being one of the five I think he's he's performed at a high level and done a great job and done everything we've asked him to do uh, and then last but not least, uh, when you talk about the defense, really what is the biggest concern? I mean, is, is this defense what you see and what we saw? Is this defense even with the problems and the, and the communication, is this fixable? I'd rather have them come up in that game than in a future game. So obviously we've got a lot of work in front of us and, and we're going to have to put the time and effort in in order to get some of these things corrected. So there you go. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur talking to the media. By the way, the long-term projected forecast for uh, Sunday, January 16th, uh, it is going to be cold. Now, the game is going to be on Sunday, uh, from what I understand. Now, they they could obviously be on Saturday, but I think the game is going to be on Sunday. Um, But uh, if it's on Saturday, Saturday's high is expected to be about 11 uh mid-afternoon should be about the peak and then drop from there the low is going to be about one degree uh wind at about five to ten miles an hour so it would feel like temperature of about negative five uh sunday it gets a little warmer not much it only goes up to maybe 20 at best uh but they're saying a low of three depending on what time that game is played uh the possibility of some flurries uh, winds, though, 14 to 20 miles an hour. So wind chills could be well below zero in that contest on uh, Sunday, January, or Sunday, January 16th. So, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different forecasts that are out there. I'm just kind of going by what the culmination is. Uh, but there you go. Green Bay extended forecast, highs and lows. High of possibly 22, low of uh, three wind chills in the negatives and uh, up anywhere from 14 to 22 miles an hour with the possibility of some scattered flurries. Now that's, what, 12, 13 days away, whatever it is. Take it for what it's worth. We'll, we'll see. We know it's going to be cold. Duh. It's not like it's going to be 72. 
So no big deal. Um, Susie says, don't they play the 22nd or 23rd? Um, well, the 16th is the bye, then the 22nd and 23rd the week after, yes. So the 16th, the 22nd, 23rd, uh, basically the same. It's like a high of 17, low of 4, winds of 14 miles an hour, chance of snow. It's a kind of the same forecast. Not much. Sunday, January 16th, the same. Sunday, January 13th, or excuse me, 23rd. Uh, high of, uh, well, it's a little bit cooler. They say high of 13 to 15. So about seven degrees difference. Low four. The lows are the same. The wind is the same. Chance of flurry is the same. There you go. There you go. Nothing major. Uh, this current model is showing uh, maybe light to moderate snow event on January 16th. It's going to be uh, warming to 30 or so. On and on. There you go. It's cold. It's Green Bay. It's Green Bay in January. It's Green Bay in late January. You know what's really weird about this, and I'll admit this, is I'm sitting here looking, and it's, it's it, I know what today is. Today's the 11th. And I'm looking at, you know, well, it's the second Sunday in January. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, actually, it's the third Sunday in January because the first Sunday was the first weekend, right? It was January 2nd. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, this is the normal time that the bye week would be playing, but they get the extra week. It's just kind of completely thrown things off because it's always been the second Sunday in February, or the first Sunday in February is when they've always had Super Bowl. And that's changed. It's just, it's a really weird, I like this, though. Maybe, you know, one thing we haven't even talked about is, do you like it this way? Do you like the extra week? Do you like the extra, the way the playoffs are set up with only one team in each conference having a bye week? And having home field advantage like that? Do you like this? I I got to admit, this last day of the football season was exciting. All the games were exciting, right up to the very last game on Sunday night with the Raiders and the, and the Chargers. I like it. I, I, I really do. I like. I, do you like it? Do you, have you liked the season with the 18-game season? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Have you liked the way it is? Do you like this format? Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael show. Maybe that's another question. Let's just ask that right now, right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Steve Wright's uh, hang unit. Love the new playoff format. I love teams chasing the top spot. It makes every game meaningful. I love the way the end of the season came about with teams vying for spots and positioning in the postseason. Win and you're in, lose, you're out. Uh, the fact that it even could have ended in a tie and still had two teams make the postseason, thus knocking another team out, was amazing. Uh, loved it. Can't get enough of it. I thought it would have more injuries, but COVID was the bigger problem and not the physicality of the NFL. 
That's our buddy Steve. Steve, by the way, listening to us up in Oostburg. There you go. Did you do you did you like the way the season was with eighteen games, or with seventeen games? Now I know, uh, and I get this too. Bob writes uh, with all the records falling on the last day, it really kind of diminished some of the records because it was because players were given an extra game. Uh, I know people say, well, the Devontae Adams broke Jordy Nelson's record uh, for regular season yardage, but had Devontae only played the games that he was allotted because of injury or COVID, uh, then he would not have broken the record. Therefore, he would have not had the opportunity. Yes, he played the extra game, but he also had the opportunity to play an extra game. Had Jordy played the extra game and had the opportunity, he would have even furthered his own record. I get what you're saying. I understand. Yeah, it, it did. It cheapened some of the records for a single season. T.J. Watt wouldn't have ended up with a tying Strahan sack record. Dak would not have that. played a practice squad for four quarters. Correct. Correct. You are, you are true. So I, I understand all of that. But did you like the season the way it was? The 17-game season. I think the bye week came uh, probably a week too late for the Packers. But overall, I thought the season was fun. I don't like the fact that they pushed the Super Bowl back to the second week of February. That I, I'm not a fan of. And I also, I, I know the alternative is to start the season a week earlier prior to Labor Day, which is another uh, area of consternation for many because they just, the NFL does not want to start the season prior to Labor Day. Labor Day is kind of like the family's last hurrah, and they feel as if, um, they would be eating into their own ability for fan. But now we all pay attention to it. Don't get me wrong, but they don't want to eat into college early, and they don't want to eat into the family thing of Labor Day weekend. They don't want to start it on Labor Day weekend. So they they want to be like this. They want to keep it this way. I uh, the fact that you could literally go if you wanted to, and if you were going to you know cover it this way. We could go, we could do this show up into the up until the final week of prior to Super Bowl. And we always usually leave on Friday after the show. We usually fly out uh, of the week before. And then we land on Saturday, we get settled. Sunday we start setting up. And then we have Monday through Friday, the week prior to Super Bowl. We always have the shows on Radio Row. Uh, we kind of do our thing on Saturday and then covering the game on Sunday. Um but since it's going to be on the second Sunday of February, pitchers and catchers report two days after that. We could literally take Monday off and fly directly to Arizona where all of a sudden we're there going from Super Bowl to spring training within a matter of back-to-back-to-back weeks with probably a three-week interval of just being gone, just being on the road before we get back home. That would not be a bad way to go. Basically spending three weeks on the road in warm climates. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Absolutely. Do you like the way the season's set up? Uh, Brett says Devontae only played 16 games. Yeah, but I understand that. But had but it hadn't been a regular season, he would have missed that mark. He got an extra chance to break the record to play that 16th game. That's my point. 
That's why the records are – you can say, yeah, he did it in 16 games. That's great. The exact same, same number of games. But that's like saying, well, somebody was down for a week because of injury. Now, he was out because of COVID. Okay, so it's a weird year in that sense. Otherwise, I think he probably breaks that record prior to. I agree with you. But that's my point is Jordy didn't have an opportunity to play in another game. Had it been a 17-week se- uh, week season then, Jordy would have had an opportunity to play in another game. Think about the games that he missed. That's my point. Week 17 was giving everybody another opportunity, whether you sat out a game or didn't sit out a game, to catch a record. That's the point. Uh, Mark says, don't forget, more football is always good. Uh, Beats NASCAR. um, And, oh, by the way, love stings. There you go. He's talking Jay Giles band, by the way. (laughs) Um... This is from uh, George. George says, uh, records are made to be broken. Uh, the extra week doesn't mean anything. Well, it does mean something. Okay, George, I agree with you. Look, I don't really care too much about the records. The players do in the annals of history, in the record books. Yes, it makes a difference. I don't care. It doesn't It doesn't affect me overall, to be honest. Um, it does to players because players get bonuses and such off of that. So that does give them that opportunity. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, go back to when they only played 12 games. When they added the four games over time, you know, those records then fell. And then it was 16, 16 game season for years and years and years and years. And then those records were established. Well, now those records have fallen because now we get into a 17th week or a 17th game. You know, they're on the path to an 18 game season. You know that, right? You know it. Uh, our buddy Steve down in Richfield, he writes, I totally agree that the Bears organization's kind of got a complete and utter train wreck. I was on the road yesterday, listened to the George McCaskey press conference on the score. McCaskey is a, as he puts it, a complete dumbass. And when he was asked if he was going to hire a general manager before a head coach, he clearly does not have a plan. What a cluster F. Uh, great questioning by the Bears beat writer, questioning his track record. It was bizarre at, at the very least. It, it was a really good question. It's like, look, dude, you've hired general managers. You've hired head coaches. The results have not changed since you've taken over. This is what you're doing. You know, and, and at that point, if I'm George McCaskey, shouldn't I have leaned forward and looked for Ted Phillips to come in and bail me out? Ted Phillips is the president of football operations. Now, between you, me, and the fence post, I'm not a big Ted Phillips guy because of an incident years ago. But shouldn't Ted Phillips be there answering a lot of those questions? He's been the guy on the floor. McCaskey hasn't done much as far as being hands-on. But I, I agree with you. It's just It was a whole weird deal. No doubt. Uh, he also says, I did some research uh, of the first round of the 2005 draft of the NFC North teams. It's an amazing that they all passed on Aaron Rodgers. The number four overall pick of the Chicago Bears. Who did they choose that draft? Cedric Benson, the guy that got busted with a DUI on his boat. The quarterback at the time was Kyle Orton, who was slightly above average at best. They passed on Aaron Rodgers. The number seven overall pick went to the Minnesota Vikings. Who did they take? Wide receiver 
If you're a Vikings fan, you're you're going what? what? Troy Williamson, the quarterback they had at the time, Brad Johnson. Oh, the number ten overall pick, the Detroit Lions chose. At least they got a decent wide out, wide out out of Mike Williams. Mike Williams was pretty solid for a while. The quarterback at the time, who did they have? Joey Harrington and Jeff Garcia. Thank you, Matt Millen. Lastly, since 1992, when Ron Wolf traded for Brett Favre, there have been eight MVPs from the NFC North. Favre has won three. Rodgers has won three, most likely the fourth. Barry Sanders, who was the other one? Who was the other one? Adrian Peterson. No Chicago Bear. And as a matter of fact, the only Bear to win an MVP was Walter Payton. They haven't done it any time since. The Bears have been consistently inept. And it's more so the front office than it has been. The the coach can only do so much. You know, it's kind of like taking an onion, a steak, fine steak, fine marbleized ribs, just really good steak, right? Get this great steak, get some scallions, you know, get some mushrooms there. You got just everything. Just You got a little bit of Bernays. Got some asparagus off to the side. And then, if you're the Chicago Bears, you got all of this, and you feel like you're just one player away, and then you you throw a turd in the mix. And it's just the whole steak tastes like crap. That's been the Bears. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, listen up. If you are thinking about new doors and windows, if you have a house that uh, you're kind of looking out the windows and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I work from home. I love working from home. I'm in my jammies. Uh, Nobody can see. I'm wearing my Winnie the Pooh jammies and uh, everybody looks at me and I'm wearing a suit from the neck up and oh it's great and but uh but I'm freezing I'm freezing to death I can feel the cold air blowing through on my feet and I'm wearing these giant ugly looking Uggs and everything and no 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 call my friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin they have the, the Gina Della's top 10 reasons coming into the new year top 10 reasons why you want to call Pella Windows and Doors one they install year-round so they can come in and get it done now no problem number nine Every Pella uh, Wisconsin installer, they're all certified. So you don't have to worry about some crazy guy, you know, with butt crack and everything hanging out, coming into your house. They're, they're, these are good people. Number eight, Pella, they uh, they install in, in as little as a day. They do it one room at a time, by the way. So you don't have your whole house wide open without windows and doors and you're freezing your ass off having to go to a hotel for a day. No. No, they come in, they get the whole thing done. They cordon off one room at a time. They get it done. They they try to heat it the best they can while they're doing it with their own heaters and such, and then go from there. Seven through five. Seven through five. Uh, a 2020 national survey rated Pella number one for highest value, highest quality, most preferred. So that's seven through five. Highest quality, highest value, most preferred. Number four and number three, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin has six lines to fit your style and your financing and your budget. Right there. Number two, 
right now, five years no interest, five months no first payment. And the number one reason to call is because the deal only lasts until the end of the month. That's it. So set up your free, yes, free consultation right now. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. Look, I've got these things in my house. I've been telling you about them for a long time. I should just walk you around here one day. Just like do a video. Post it. Say, here's the windows and doors. Here's what I chose for my home. They're perfect. They work. They're fantastic. You can slide them with a finger. I tell it all the time. You slide it with a finger. Just slide it right over with a finger. It's easy. Good stuff. Pella windows and doors. Um, Here's one thing I don't understand. Uh, Now, last night, I was watching the celebration, like many of you were, after Georgia knocked off Alabama. Ben, do you know where I'm going with this? Does it have to do with apparel? Yes, it does. Almost in the term of wardrobe malfunction. Who in the hell gave... N'Kobe Dean had four tackles, plays for Georgia, was celebrating last night, walking around in a national championship Alabama hat. Now, I got to admit, if you're sitting there, and I had to think about this for a minute, years ago when the Packers won the NFC North, Bob Harlan brought hats up back when I was doing the postgame show. And so Bob is sitting off to my right next to uh, Brian Noble, and he brought hats up. And I remember putting the hat on. I never even looked at it. It was I just saw an FC North, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I put it on. I never even looked at it. So I'm giving N'Kobe Dean a pass. But N'Kobe Dean puts on a hat that says National Championship or National Champs, and it's got the Alabama logo on it. So they get two sets of hats, two sets of shirts, all that stuff made for whomever wins the game. And therefore, the minute they win it, here you go. You start passing out the hats. Everybody's wearing it. You know, Georgia Bulldogs, national title. Okay, great. Yay. Well, somebody snuck an Alabama hat in there. And and N'Kobe Dean, just like I would have done. I would have looked at it just would have said national champs. I would have worn it proudly. But it had the wrong logo on it. And people are killing this guy on social media. How do you not know? And on and on. Look, once the hat's on, I'm not looking at myself. What I'm, what, if I'm the Kobe Dean, I'm thinking, one, first of all, who in the hell handed me the Alabama hat? That's first. Secondly, why didn't anybody tell me? I'm walking around like a fool in front of media, in front of coaches, other teammates, personnel on the field. Why didn't anybody point out the fact that I'm wearing an Alabama hat instead of pointing at me and snickering? And then, if I'm Nicobe Dean and I'm waking up today and I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at my phone, and my phone's probably blowing up, right? <clears throat> so, it's just blowing up, and you're like, oh, my God. You know, people are ripping me. Oh, my God, I become some kind of a social pariah. Oh, God, oh, it's terrible. It's awful. Oh, oh, oh no. And then I'm thinking to myself, who the hell cares? I'm a national champion. My next piece of jewelry is going to be a ring, and it'll have the right logo on it. So, a hat? I walked around and, yeah, a little bit of a faux pas. Nobody told me. Okay, I'm kind of foolish for that. I can play it off. No problem. But the next piece of jewelry I wear, the next thing that they give me, it's going to have my name on it, my number in it, the score on it, and the national championship logo on it. And, oh, by the way, it'll be a ring. So I'm not overly concerned about it. But didn't you wonder who the hell gave him the hat? At some point, 
Uh, I was reading a story in uh, the New York Post, and they asked the same question. They, they call it the wardrobe malfunction. Why didn't anybody tell him that he was repping the wrong team, the whole thing? But the next question is, because Dean didn't seem to notice. He was not phased about it. It didn't matter until he really looked at it. But who gave him the wrong hat? Why was that hat even available on the field? That's what I would want to know. That's a big controversy, but oh well. It's a fun moment. Nicobe Dean handled it well. He kind of shrugged it off and went, we're, we're champions. I'm good with that. No problem. No big deal. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free. Feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, Mr. Packer guy hits me up over on Twitter. He says, hey, Bill. If the defense proves again to be the reason the Packers don't advance this year, do you think the Pack will kick the tires on Zimmer, given that Zimmer and Rodgers, their eternal love fest for one another, as possibly a D coordinator? Wouldn't be a bad idea. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, Zimmer has been known, when Zimmer is just a defensive coordinator, he's been extremely good. And it's not always a terrible thing to have another guy with experience when it comes to head coach, head coaching experience in the room. It's not a bad thing. A guy that can understand where it is you're coming from, that you just want to hand it off, you, he, he gets the defense to go, no big deal. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, if indeed Joe Barry gets booted to the curb, which I don't think he will, but if, if indeed that he goes in that direction, then yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, Matthew says, uh, the only way the NFL plays 18 games is if they add another bye week. No way anyone plays 18 weeks with one week off. The only problem is that it extends the season even more, and nobody really wants that. See, Matthew, I think you're wrong. The NFL does not want to get into Labor Day weekend, but that's been the the discussion, is that they would then eliminate, they would go to just two preseason games, an extra week, (coughs) excuse me, <clears throat> an extra week of training camp, two preseason games, and then the 18-week regular season. And it'd be nine away and nine at home. Because they want to get rid of this every other year, getting uh, the majority home games. They want to get rid of that. So, um, no, they want to go to 18 games. And the players know it. The players know it. But they don't want to go with the extra bye week. And I know that's crazy, but they want to expand rosters. Um, <clears throat> now, if they expand rosters, it, it's again you're talking about bringing and paying more players, and, and you know there's less pie to go around because it's all about the money. It's about what they can milk. Think about this: the NFL is already pretty much a year-round commodity, right? Now, think about you would go from the Super Bowl directly to the combine almost and within a month you're at the draft and if you start training camp a week earlier you're at the second week of april or not the second week the second week of july the end of the second week of july 
So you're basically only your only downtime for the NFL would be May and June. You w- without any significant on, and then you still would have um, <clears throat> uh, rookie minicamp. Uh, the elimination of OTAs is what a lot of players want, but you would have minicamp and OTAs. Yeah, you're the NFL becomes almost an all-encompassing 24-7-365 beast. Because you're extending the season again two more weeks. You're eating two. Because you're already just from beginning of training camp to now Super Bowl, you're what, 20? You're mo- almost at least a half a year. You're like 24, 23, 24 weeks, 25 weeks. That's a lot. That's a lot. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers making some roster moves. Zadarius Smith is now cleared for practice after back surgery. Kick and punt returner David Moore is active after being on the COVID list. And the team released backup guard Ben Braden. After a year of rehab from a torn ACL, David Bakhtiari talked about his 27 snaps in the first half against the Lions Sunday. I think the first play, our first series might have been 12, 13 plays. Fell fine. Good amount of wind, just kept going. Then I was once I was hitting the threshold where I know we wanted to be. I was like, I'll just keep playing until I was like, nah, I'll be good. Had another good block, and I was like, yeah, you know what? This is this is good for me. Packers head coach Matt Lafleur. Yeah, I thought David did an outstanding job. You know, he he looked great. He moved well. Certainly, I think there's no substitute for football shape, and that takes time. But I thought he handled himself very well. And Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett drawing interest as a head coaching candidate in Jacksonville and Denver, where Vic Fangio is out after just three seasons with the Broncos. Aaron Rodgers says Hackett would be a great head coach. You know, he brings such a great positive energy uh, to a room, and I think any team be lucky to have him leading their squad. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Glad to have you back. Good stuff today, by the way. Ah, this one's from Steve. He says, if you had your choice, would you go to the Super Bowl and then straight to spring training, both of which would be in warm weather places, or would you rather go to Daytona Bike Week and be able to ride in that weather for 10 straight days? Oh, that's a great question. I've never been to Daytona Bike Week. So that's, and for those that don't know, that's a motorcycle rally down in Daytona. I think it's in March, I want to say. Steve, that's a great question. It's, I love riding. You know that. Um, I, I can't, I was just saying that Kristen and I were just talking about it. She, she just bought a new uh, Road King last year, and I just uh, got a new uh, uh, Road Glide. Um, I'm telling you, I, 
I'll I'll say this. I'd rather go to the Super Bowl and then spring training. And the reason why is because I could rent a Harley out in Arizona and ride that to work every day at the ballpark. So there you go. If I have to make the best out of make the best out of the bad situation. There you go. Yes, Ben. I'd probably walk to work in that case. <laughs> Where's the one of those Indiana Jones bikes where there's a sidecar? No, no, no. That would be, uh, we, no, well, yeah, I'm not going to put you on the back. <laughs> That's for sure. I, not unless you're carrying equipment between you and I. You know, that's like, uh, that, that better be your thumb. Um, yeah, no, I would, I would have to be, uh, probably pay for you to Uber. Or get your license. I you have know, a license? We're hooked, at, we're hooked up to Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Maybe we send you out there for the- Oh, the, a biker's the, license. That I do not license, have. A bike motorcycle license. Yeah, I don't know. Get your motorcycle license. I don't know not if I'm a motorcycle. A bike? I don't know if I'm a motorcycle guy. Well, yeah, you either know or you're not. You, you, I'll tell you this, though. When, when you ride one, once you get on it, it's like when I was a kid and I did dirt bikes, the minute I got on a dirt bike, I, that was it. I was hooked. I, the minute I did it. So the minute you ride one, you're kind of like, yeah, this is, I, I want this. I want this. So maybe, maybe that's what we do. Maybe that's what we do this year. As, uh, as whatever promotion we do with Wisconsin Harley is we, we send you through the, uh, the Rider's Edge training course. Ugh. We do day-by-day videos of Ben trying to learn how to ride. Look, if Kristen can do it, you can do it. My mom would never let me back in the house if I get my biker's license. Well, but riding in Philly is a lot different than riding here in Wisconsin as far as the open roads go. This is true. I mean, you know, come on. You got open spaces and, and you know, areas to ride and great, great riding in the Northwoods. In Philly, you're dodging potholes, you're you're dodging garbage, you're dodging cars. and Come on now. And it's, you know, I... Well, I've been, I look, I've now, I don't know exactly where you lived because you and I went through this already, but when I was in downtown Philly, you're dodging all of that. All of that. Are you not? The roads are in great shape recently. Have they? Okay. It's been a while since I've been there. So if the roads have gotten better, I just remember, uh, I, I will say this, the roads are nowhere near as bad as they are when I was back uh, for my dad's funeral in Cincinnati. I cannot get over how the infrastructure has just crumbled and how bad the streets are. Because we were even talking about that. Like, if we wanted to bring the motorcycle, like, if say someday I moved back to, like, be with my – I retired and went and lived with my grandkids or something. Um, I, I don't think I could move back to Cincinnati because the roads are terrible. I could never ride. They're, I mean, they're awful. I've never seen anything this bad. They're ter- it, it, the only stretch that's as, as bad is just north of Milwaukee on the highway that they're starting to finally fix, which is Ozaki County. It, it's it's awful all the way up to Sheboygan. It's terrible because it's just kabunk, 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 kabunk. it's just potholes everywhere on the highway. But yeah, Cincinnati's terrible. So I will give you that. Philly's Philly's a better area than that, believe it or not. But yeah, I could see that. Maybe that's our next promotion. It's Ben Kenny on the Daily taking his Rider's Edge training course. Missed some of today's biggest plays? The Bill Michael Show podcast is streaming at madcitysportszone.com.